and me, Jim Fellows. Father Rob, how you doing? Hey, Jim. I'm doing well today. Uh, it's Halloween, and uh, I'm doing excellent. Good. I want to apologize. We got a late start. I'm, I'm, I had to... Uh, um, I'm making uh, bacon jerky for the first time. So oh. there was some stuff that I had wow. to do, and I had to postpone it for a little bit. But I'm, I'm sorry that you're in Minnesota and I'm in Milwaukee. Otherwise, I would have loved to try your, your bacon jerky your product. I, bacon well, jerky. if it turns out well, um, it, we'll definitely we can <laughs> make some for you. We're making some for, uh, for my stepson, who turns 28. Okay. And uh, he uh-huh. uh, loves my jerky, but uh, we he said, "Well, let's try bacon." I'm like, "All right, okay. excellent." So, all right. So, how you been? You what's could... going on? What's new? So, what's going on? Well, um, you know, life is good. We're on the cusp of November, and uh, and um, yeah, things are good here in Milwaukee. Um, enjoying my work with the seminarians, and. Um, that's about all I can think of. So we got a fun uh, topic for today, considering it's Halloween when we record it. We don't usually like to give right. dates or times or anything. but Right. But today we do because it's Halloween, and we're going to talk about the Catholic Church and ghosts. Yes, we should cue the music, the, the eerie music. I will. I'll put some eerie music. Ooh, like, oh, that, that music sounds really, that's How's that? yeah, really interesting. Music. Right, See, I'm going to put music in now. You're not going to know what it is. Excellent. You know, Jim, that I found out in my research that about a third to a half of Americans actually believe in ghosts. And, of course, we know that we love to tell ghost stories uh, around a campfire. We love to see movies, scary movies that involve ghosts. And there's lots of TV shows about the paranormal. So it's a topic that I hope is going to be interesting to the one or two people that decide to listen to us. And... um, and of course, now also as Catholics, we're entering into the month of November, right. which is a month when we, when we really pray with special intensity for our beloved dead. So I think uh, it's a good topic to tackle today. Well, and it's, it's you don't find a lot of people that are uh, on the fence. Not so much. I mean, people are either like, um, no, you can't believe in ghosts. If there's anything going on, it's all demons, or people who are mm-hmm. like. Um, sure, there might be ghosts, and and that's okay. And and I've I've been in discussions with both sides. It's uh, it's it's been interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know what's what also I find interesting is even after two thousand years of the church's existence, there is no settled dogma on this issue of ghosts. Um, you know, there's no council that has de- defined anything. Uh, there's no official teaching from the catechism. Uh, that gives a, a definitive pronouncement on any of this. And, and in fact, as we look over the church's history, there are um, some saints, some famous saints, and saints that we greatly respect who kind of disagree about this whole uh, notion of ghosts. And, and, of course, we probably should clarify a little bit, too, what we mean by ghost, you know, um, not necessarily Casper the friendly ghost, but uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that was the first thing that popped into my head was Casper. <laughs> oh yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> or Ghostbusters too, right? right? Well, that's yeah, a classic. No, that's a, Some of us are old enough to remember that movie. That's a good movie. It is a good movie. Wow, we're really losing people now. Um, <laughs> so what were you gonna say? What was it? You were well, on something. So the word ghost, our English word ghost, actually comes from Geist, a German word that just means spirit. And and of course, we all as Catholics believe that. 
there are pure spirits. I mean, we've got God himself, uh, our Heavenly Father, uh, the second person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, uh, are pure spirits. We believe that God creates pure spirits. We call them angels, and some of them are fallen, and we'll call them demons. Um, and we believe ourselves that we're not just bodies, but we have uh, an immortal and immaterial soul, and that at death, the soul separates from the body, and then we are judged, and we are destined for either heaven, hell, or purgatory. Right. And so that's what, um, that's it's a mystery what, Yeah, to that's us. what gets people, that, that's what sticks mm -hmm. with people. It's like what you're, you're judged, so therefore um, there's not any uh, in-between stuff. You can't, you, you're judged when you die, and that's it, and that's Correct. all there is. But the, the Catholic Church doesn't really, it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't have a de definitive opinion on whether ghosts exist. It's almost like... Um, uh, when when there's uh, you know like Fatima, where it's it's a private revelation, so we can choose to believe it or not believe it, but the Catholic Church supports it. So it, it's a little Correct. different than that, I guess. Because we don't. But now we would have to say too that any Marian apparitions like Fatima right. or Lourdes, um, those are a little bit different because Mary, our Blessed Mother, was assumed body and right. soul into heaven. So when we're talking about ghosts, we're talking about some you know, other human being that uh, perhaps God permits to appear to somebody for a reason. Right. And so, um, you know, yeah, that's, that's what we're talking about. And, and, and it, it may be that God allows, like, for example, um, a person in purgatory to appear to a, a family member or somebody they know in order to, to request prayers or masses, right. for example. Um, um, some, some would say that, you know, God permits um, the soul of a person in heaven to appear, like, for example, a spouse might appear to his or her spouse who's still living to kind of assure that person that they're in heaven and to give them encouragement and hope and things like that. So, you know, in any case, if, if there are such things as, you know, human souls that are allowed to appear, it's certainly because God permits it. And, it's, and it can be either for a warning um, you know, maybe a, a soul from purgatory, you know, kind of warning somebody, right? As I say that, I'm now thinking about Ebenezer Scrooge, sure. right? And Casper, uh, you know, Ebenezer Christmas. Scrooge. These are great <laughs> reference <laughs> points. <laughs> deep culture, <laughs> deep culture. And uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, it is all kind of mysterious to us. And I personally have not had any, you know, firsthand experience of it. But as great a theologian in our tradition as St. Thomas Aquinas, who we, you know, most Catholics would say is the preeminent theologian, he uh, himself very much believed in this possibility that, um, that the dead can return and speak to the living. And in fact, he claimed that his own sister and also a Dominican brother of his named Romanus uh, did visit him. And uh, anyway, so we can, look at, we can look at some scriptural uh, stories so, yeah. too that might help us Well, here, when but, you talk about but, uh, like spouses visiting each other, I have, I have emphatically uh, warned Jen that um, if she <laughs> um, doesn't do like a, a plenary indulgent for me when I die, uh -huh. that I will haunt yeah. her to her grave. <laughs> I think you're going to need more than just Jen to be oh, doing this for be. you, I think. But <laughs> definitely, just like, I will haunt you until you're done. Right. Well, right. Do this what, plenary what, indulgence. What do you think you might do? Would you just, like, knock you know, knock on the wall? Or what kinds of things do you think you'd end up doing? I don't doing? know, but she'd know it was me. You don't know, yeah. She'd know, she'd <laughs> so know there's, a, there's a difference <laughs> between, I don't know where you want to go with this, but there's... 
there's a difference between obviously we believe in the afterlife because if we didn't, we wouldn't be Catholic. And there's a difference Absolutely. between being visited by someone in heaven and by somebody in purgatory that with intention to visit you and pass on something and what Absolutely. the traditional sense of ghosts are like, you know, going to a, going to a haunted place or watching the ghost show on right. TV. Um, right. So, so in, cause you, cause, cause usually when we do talk about ghosts, not always, I mean, I can think of some movies now where the ghosts are more benevolent, but often when we ta- tell ghost stories or we think about ghosts in popular culture, they're malevolent, right. right? They're they're kind of there to scare right. you, and 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 actually, in our Catholic tradition, I think we have to be very careful that we would distinguish between, um, let's say, the deceased spirit of a loved yeah. one and and an actual demon, because like demons can kind of they're pretty Bad. deceptive, and they and they're they not can nice. appear they're no. not nice, right? And and this is why, too, we should, we should clarify this at this point in the program, that um, the church is very clear that we are not to be conjuring up the dead or trying to contact the dead through occult practices, right. you know, like seances or mediums and all that. Like, that's very dangerous. Ouija boards, because, bad. Uh, no Ouija right, boards. Right, very bad. No Ouija boards, because we can, we can really open up a portal to, uh, to demons uh, through that. And, I mean, you can talk to any exorcist, in any diocese, and he'll tell you that uh, this stuff is very real. So, and, and part of the problem is, you know, we have a, a commandment that we should, you know, like know and love God alone, that only God is really in control of the supernatural. Right. And so the problem with all of this occult stuff is it's like we're trying to um, take God's prerogative and we're trying to like have some type of manipulation or control over the supernatural world, which is a no-no. Right. I had a, a, a professor uh, tell me once, that um, to, he, he used the image of, he's like, Satan is like a, a mean dog on a chain. And if you leave it alone, it's not going to bother you. But once you start um, messing with it, mm-hmm. that's when you get into trouble. And I, I thought that was a, yeah. I think that was a very apt analogy. Mm-hmm. But as far as like getting visits, so I know a lot of people that after they've lost a loved one, they'll, they'll see, you know, signs. Um, in their life or they'll, you know, something will happen and they'll be like, oh, that was so-and-so. But my own personal experience, if you want, you want my own, my own yeah. experience with that? Yeah. Yeah. So on this us. was uh, about 20 years ago. Um, my uh, grandfather passed and there was, a, there's a huge, long, crazy story with that, but we'll go to the end of it um, and not talk about the First stuff, the crazy, crazy stuff. stuff. Right. Um, people don't know me well enough to hear the crazy stuff and then just not turn it off. But um, okay. at the time, um, I would get some friends of mine and I would get a six pack of tickets to not a six pack, but a six pack of tickets to the Timberwolves. And so we were like, mm-hmm. quote unquote, season ticket holders. We were up in the third oh. deck and it was crazy seats but we had a lot of fun mm-hmm. it was a lot of good times so we'd, we'd go to six games and i was um i got my tickets and i had them and uh we were getting ready to go to our first game um and i couldn't find my tickets anywhere in my apartment and nope. it was it was i was looking all over for them i tore everything apart and um was praying to St. Uh, Saint Anthony like crazy, but it was his feast day, mm-hmm. so he might have been taking the day off. I don't know. Right. So mm-hmm. um, finally, in <laughs> exasperation... I didn't know he had a day off. 
But the Saints I, I don't know. Out? But he wasn't. Uh, usually, he's really good about helping me out. But okay. um, he wasn't finding the tickets for me. So, okay. in desperation, I'm literally supposed to be leaving. And you, these are not irreplaceable tickets. You can't just get new ones. Mm. Um, I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm like six hours away from going to the, to the first game. And, and so I, I just said, I offered a little prayer. And I was like, oh, Grandpa Cleo, if you're in heaven um, and you're a big basketball fan, if you could give me a hand with this, that would be awesome. And I mm. p- opened the drawer. That the tickets were supposed to be in. That's your hand. I was just giving you a hand. Did you notice that? So oh, you don't mean you weren't asking me to you give just, you a hand. Sorry. My, I'm sorry. Now my story is like stupid because Keep going, keep <sighs> going. So I opened the drawer where I thought I had kept the tickets. And I'd searched yes. through this drawer probably half a dozen times already. I pulled the drawer open mm-hmm. and the tickets fly out of the drawer and onto the floor. Oh no. I'm serious. Way. This, wow. I'm not even exaggerating. Wow. I just I pulled it up, and they come flying yeah. out, and I'm like, I wow. think that was Grandpa. So mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. going to believe that. That's, uh, that's my whole thing. Well, you know, as you say that, I'm, I am now remembering a story that my Aunt Rachel told me. My, my dad had one sister. Her name was, is Rachel. She's still alive. And when my dad died, uh, my, my aunt claimed that, like, the day after his death, um, she found outside in her garden this white she described it as some kind of a white butterfly that she had never ever seen before but she interpreted that as kind of a sign um that somehow my dad her brother was you know letting her know that he was okay and i and i'll be honest as as a priest who's done a lot of retreats and spiritual direction over the years i have heard uh numerous people come in and tell me that kind of a story where either they get some, you know, very, what they interpret as a very clear sign from their loved one, or even kind of a, yeah, an app, not, not exactly an apparition, but there's some way in which their loved one lets them know that yeah. they're yeah, okay. No, they you know, and I, again, I, I have no problem really. Uh, I mean, this happens so often. It's kind of like the near, you know, I'm comparing it with those near-death experiences right. that we hear about a lot. Because, like, there are volumes and volumes of these near-death experiences that are collected. And they all kind of have similar themes about the light and the warmth and the joy and all that. So, you know, if it happens to that many people, and these aren't kooky people. These are normal people, our neighbors, our right. friends. It, um, it happens it just, to kooky it, it lends people, itself. too, though, so... Well, it does too, right. No, you have to be on guard. You have to be a little bit skeptical. And, and there are, of course, people that will try to fake all this stuff, right? So, um, but the reality is that, uh, you know, just a lot of good, holy people have talked about right. this and written about it. And so it, there's got to be some basis to it, even if it's very mysterious. But, and all us. that that we're talking about is like visitations. And I, we wouldn't quantify that or qualify that as like, you know, the traditional understanding of ghosts, right? We're just right. we're still right. we're, we still haven't like gone straight to that subject. And, and I'll, conf- I'll it, here's my uh, public confession, um, and and you can't get I, can, I don't know if I can, can absolve you over because it's, it's over a no. podcast. It, that would <laughs> be awesome, podcast, right? but <laughs> we have not moved that far forward. But but Jen and I are we're really we love to we're like amateur ghost hunters. We like to go to these. Okay. places and we've we've done a do you bring all your equipment and well film okay and so like right we like a, we got a recorder that we use and then <laughs> they they uh, you watch all the ghost shows and they talk about these emf detectors that that uh-huh. read uh, electromagnetic 
frequencies or whatever. Um, but it'll tell you, like, it'll tell you there's, there's a ghost there. And, and Jen like shows up one day and she's got one. And I'm like, where'd you get that from? She goes, Home Depot. I'm like, what? <laughs> they, they sell them there, huh? Wow. I think they're used for other That's... things than ghosts. <laughs> than ghosts yeah, probably, I don't yeah. think there's... They don't have a, like a ghost section in the an aisle dedicated to ghost uh, paraphernalia. So. Probably. They might. I don't know. Home Depot's got like everything. <laughs> hey. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but so we've been to uh, one of the first things that we did together. We went to um, the Mounds Theater in St. Paul, that will give tours that this at this time every year. Not mm-hmm. probably not so much this year with COVID. I think they've really restricted the, the visits. But um, and the because you don't want to get the ghost sick either. Sure. That, anyway, oh my Lord. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> this is so my purgatory. This podcast is my purgatory. <laughs> <laughs> it's my hell, so keep going. There. <laughs> so we get tickets. We go to this thing. It's a three. It's a three-hour tour. Don't make a Gilligan's Island joke. Um, and we're walking around. The guy's talking about different appearances from uh, different ghosts, and that there was like five or six ghosts that were in this place. And and then we go down into the um, the coal room. It's one. It's this is a really old building, and it used to be heated mm-hmm. by coal. And and it, it's a pretty big tour. There's about 25, 30 of us in this room. And uh, yeah. we're all, like, shoulder to shoulder in a big circle. And, you know, he's, he's like, well, we'll just give you some time. And, and it's, it's pitch black. You can't see anything. But there's, there's mm-hmm. nothing behind us. We're all shoulder to shoulder against the walls. And, and we get done, and we go upstairs, and, 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 Jen, and there's a little break in the action. And Jen and I go outside. And she's like, I know it was you. I'm like I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. She goes, you, mm-hmm. you pulled my hair when we were down in the cold room. I'm like you know what? That sounds like something that I would do, and I can <laughs> see why you would think it was me. Probably, <laughs> but I will tell you right now, I did not do mm-hmm. that. <laughs> she would not. Mm-hmm. I had to pull my rosary out and swear on my rosary. You started pulling your hair out, <laughs> trying to convince her. That it wasn't so you. So she was a little freaked out by that one. That was a that was right, a little right. um, crazy. But then we we've been mm. to um, we went back there again with all of our friends. We we went because uh, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't like scary. It was just weird. And, Come on, Jim. It, it, be honest. It's all of her friends, right? You don't really have you know, any well, friends. You, maybe you have one friend, but. When you use, use the plural, we know we were talking about Jen's. Have you been friends, talking so to my anyway. mom? Okay, you've been talking to my mom, haven't you? <laughs> Shh, gosh. So we go back again. We booked a whole tour with just the people that Jen knows, and um, okay. and we're down back in the coal room. And now Jen's got her EMF detector, and she's standing oh, in the center goodness. of the room. And there's no power in the building whatsoever. And she's standing in the center of the room, and the thing lights up. And it's just going crazy. And I'm like, all right, well, give me, uh-huh. give me, give me, give me your purse and give me your phone. And it's still lighting up. And I'm like, all right, you, you got anything uh-huh. else metal on you? She's like, well, or, you know, in my uh, underwire. And I'm like, okay, you don't have to take that off. But so, yeah, no, yeah, and then better. so we take all the stuff away from her. She's standing in the center room. The thing's lighting up. And I stand right across from her. And, and I take the device from her so that the device right. doesn't right. move. And it stops. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I give it back to her. And she holds on to it and it starts working again. So then we were like getting all scientific and junk because that's yeah. what you do. And, and we brought sure. another woman in our group and she stood there and she was holding it and it was lighting up. And then we brought another guy in. 
into my spot, uh-huh. and he would hold it, and it would stop. And every single woman in, in our group, it lit up for. And every single guy in our group. Well, maybe maybe this was actually like an eccentric male fiend what? detector. <laughs> And so every time the woman holds it, the it sends maybe the you know I don't that could be but uh, I don't but, know uh, how do you explain how do you explain so you talk to the people at these places and they're like oh that's the ghost of a little girl and and obviously she she only likes uh, women and blah 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 and they have these elaborate mm-hmm. explanations and you're like yeah okay maybe but <laughs> I mean maybe. the the actual event. Is really uh, interesting. That that that's okay. it's very peculiar and it's very interesting. But um, so yeah, so we've done. You don't think? Do you think as I mean as Catholics? Do you think it's okay for us to be like going to those places intentionally and kind of? I mean, you, you kind of look at it as just more like in the spirit. Well, that's of fun, why I'm bringing this to confession. Kind of... It's my podcast. Oh. No, I think oh, okay, it's walking okay. a line. I think I think you're absolutely right. I think there's a very fine line to walk. Um, and I've talked to, because it's very easy to cross that line and try to invoke spirits. And, and right, that's, right. that's yeah. you're definitely, you know, grazing up against, you know, the electric fence a little bit. But I, yeah. but I talked to uh, a priest who is also just an avid, he loved to go to these haunted houses. Yeah. Oh, really? And, okay. and the people would find out that he was a priest. And you're like, whatever you do. Don't bless this place, and and he, so he would like go around. And he'd be like, oh. "Yeah, they they don't they don't want me to bless it because they know that, that it's gonna help." And so then he would secretly bless uh. the place, and then like you know, nobody would see you know they wouldn't have any more <laughs> ghost encounters stop. after that. Seriously? Yeah, like wow. he he would secretly bless the place and he'd leave. And I'm like, well, father, that's so. I get it, because like these are actual. If they're yeah. ghosts, they're actual human beings, and we want to be compassionate. Right. These aren't right, like right. you know. They're, they're not. We're not using them for right. entertainment. Exactly. I mean, that would just be horribly rude. So he's like. Right. But you're also putting somebody out of business. Well, that's that's like the blessing. yeah. That's it. So you get to yeah. go and enjoy the the haunted house, <laughs> but then everybody right. else after you is just they're just paying money for nothing. He's like, yeah, kind of. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Wow. Well, so that was interesting. But but it's interesting that that one they were they knew that if he did anything that it was gonna it was gonna you know get rid of the ghosts. And then right. two, he blesses the place. And normal people can't bless the place, but he blesses the place, and boom, that's wow. all done. That is it is. You know, if we could switch gears a little bit, I, I was thinking about this. Be you know, while we're, while we're talking about this topic, um, it's kind of interesting to look at what we see in Scripture because uh, a lot of people might not know that in the Old Testament, there's this story of the uh, of Samuel, one of the Old Testament figures and prophets. He appears uh, after his death to this witch of Endor. This is all recorded in in one Samuel chapter twenty eight. And, and then there's also, in, in the second book of Maccabees, another Old Testament book, this um, story of Judas Maccabeus meeting a ghost uh, of, a, of a priest, a high priest in a vision. His name was Onias. But um, just the fact that we have, like, in the Old Testament, some of these stories about dead people appearing to others. And then, of course, we have Moses and Elijah appearing with Jesus right. at the Transfiguration. And then, if you remember, there's this story in the Gospels of Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, appearing to his disciples, and they're all scared witless because they think they're seeing right. a ghost. 
And it's interesting that Jesus doesn't say, oh, there is no such thing as ghosts. He just says, I'm, I'm not a ghost. You know, he insists that he isn't one, and does a ghost have, you know, flesh? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. But he could have used the occasion to kind of debunk the whole ghost thing. So, again, I'm not saying that this is proof that, you know, ghosts exist, but at least uh, there's evidence in the scriptures that people in the culture certainly believe that ghosts could be a possibility. And, and anyway, how, how we make sense of all that, you know, I'm not exactly sure. But, again, the church hasn't definitively pronounced one way or the other. But, but it's just interesting that the Bible does record some incidences that we could, you know, say are, are ghost-like. Luke 24, so, 39. I just know yeah, that from yeah, exactly. memory. I, you have the whole Bible <laughs> memorized. Don't, no, that's exaggeration. You have the New I Testament do. memorized. Which I is have our, Luke memorized. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> and also, I think, you know, like, I trust somebody like, there's this uh, modern Catholic apologist, and he's a professor at Boston College, a good Jesuit university, uh, named Peter Kreft. Now, it's spelled Kreft with two E's, but it's actually pronounced right. Kreft. But he's very confident that um, the dead do appear to the living. And he uh, actually talks about different types of ghosts or these visitations, these appearances. So he'll talk about the fact that, like, people from purgatory appear as kind of sad and, and wispy, he calls them, and, and they're asking for prayers or masses to be said. And then there's these more malicious or deceptive spirits that come from hell, and, and they're the ones that might respond to a person's, you know, conjuring efforts and stuff like that. But then he talks about brighter, happier spirits that visit, you know, especially like family members or spouses, just with a message of hope. And so he, you know, I, I think he's a pretty uh, solid uh, resource, and uh, I, I would trust his his slant on all of this. And and then there's saints, too, like St. Padre Pio. He actually, I'm just quoting something that I found uh, when I was thinking about this topic. He says, More souls of the dead than of the living climb this mountain to attend my masses and to seek my prayers. And uh, now this is St. Padre Pio, who, you know, is very respected, uh, had the stigmata. Uh, he was known to be able to bilocate. Uh, he could read souls. So here he is saying that, you know, basically he says souls of the dead come and are there when he celebrates Mass, and they're asking him for prayers. And uh, St. Maria Goretti, who, uh, if people don't know, she was a girl that was murdered. She resisted the rape attempts of a, a man named Alessandro Serenelli. Right. Uh, and uh, she actually appeared to her murderer while he was in prison, and that brought him a lot of peace and led to a deep conversion. And in fact, he was present at her canonization, which is really yeah. cool. So anyway, I just I, I point to these scriptural and other examples of saints and, and Catholic apologists just to say that um, while this is still very mysterious territory for us, you know, it's not something that we need to just sort of uh, completely dismiss out of hand. All right. So uh, can I, I, I got a story that I want to share with you. Yeah, tell it. So it's, this is one of those stories like that's, it's, um, you know, it's a second hand story. It's, it's a second person story. What's I don't know what you call that. Um, It's, it's not me. Not not a second foot story. No, no, it's, but it didn't happen to me. Um, So, so I, um, you know, I, I graduated from the University of St. Thomas, and then um, I went back to St. Thomas uh, during grad school, and I worked in campus ministry, and I was living on campus, and um, yada, yada, yada. And I was in one of the halls, and there was all these stories about how back in the 70s, 
how uh, uh, Satanists had come into the seminary, the St. Paul Seminary, and broke into the chapel and defiled the chapel and stole Eucharist and and they, that they had to uh, reconsecrate the altar and all this stuff. And none of, you know, this was just like hearsay. I don't, I mean, I'd, when I started working there, they were like, no, there's a lot of truth to what happened there. And there was like reports of weird things happening on what was used to be the St. Paul Seminary campus, now the South Campus. Okay. So um, one, of the, uh, one of the RAs uh, from the hall that I was working in decided to transfer to one of the halls on South Campus. There was two halls, one for men and one for women, on South right. Campus. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, was, he was over there. He was, he was doing his thing. And then I'd heard through, uh, you know, the staff that something had uh, really scared the heck out of him. Mm-hmm. So I saw him uh, walking through uh, the, the, where the dining hall was. And I was like, hey, I, I, I heard something bad happen. Are you okay? And he's like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. It was just really weird. And I was like, well, do you want to tell me what happened? So he tells me, and he says that he was doing his final rounds. Um, he, was on, he was the RA on duty uh, for both halls that night. He was doing his final rounds at about 1 a.m., making sure that everything was buttoned up. And he was, he was walking the perimeter of the two, uh, the two residence halls. And he sees this gentleman standing uh, outside of the other uh, hall. And he's just standing there. And he knows he doesn't belong there. He doesn't look like a student. So he goes up to the guy and he says that he's dressed in an overcoat and he's got a hat on and he's smoking a cigarette. And and I said, well, what'd you do? He goes, well, I told him. I said, listen, you have to leave. Um, You don't belong here. And if you don't leave, I'm going to call security. And he looked me right in the eye dropped a cigarette, and walked right through the wall. Wow. (laughs) I know. Now, this friend of yours hadn't been warming himself at one in the morning with a little bit of No, uh, and and there's no reason for me to believe that he was, this was a whole scam to try to get me to, um, you know, to, hey, let's get Jim and let's do this whole, I mean, it wasn't near Halloween. This was like, this was spring semester and, but really, really, and there's tons of, there was tons of reports about, uh, the, the seminary campus of having, uh, different apparitions like that. It was, it was, uh, it was pretty crazy. Well, it's interesting that you kind of tell this story because, uh, Actually, just recently, we had a situation here at the seminary where I work, St. Francis de Sales, where um, we had some women who claimed to be witches and were even kind of dressed like your stereotypical witch uh, on the property. And they were, we, we have a large wooded area on our property, and in the woods, there's also a cemetery. So I'm not sure exactly where they were, but I think they were near the cemetery, and in any case, they were kind of casting some kind of spell or saying some kind of hex or something. And anyway, they were confronted, and fortunately, uh, they left when when told to do so. Although I heard another time earlier in the semester, there were some other witches on the property, and when they were asked to leave, they were like, well, we respect your religion. Why don't you respect ours? And so there was a little bit of a tussle, but eventually uh, they left as well. But uh, we did have... Um, uh, a priest come on the campus who could uh, kind of bless the uh, 
the campus and say some prayers. So um, anyway, uh, yeah, you, you know. Were they cursing uh, the place? I think so, or I don't know exactly, but they were certainly not blessing the place. Let's put it that way. I think well, they yeah. were saying, yeah, some kind of vexing, you know, spell or something like that. Um, so, yes, I mean, whether, you know, we can laugh that off, but we can also say that, uh, you know, neo-pagan or even satanic type of activity does happen. And I know that as somebody who uh, helps out regularly at a parish, whenever I give communion to somebody, if they take it in the hand, I always kind of make sure that they consume that host right away because if they start walking away with it, I watch them. And I know some churches even have ushers that are there to basically right. make them consume it because unfortunately people do. I mean, it's, it's rare, but sometimes people, Satanists, like you said, will take the host and then use it for a black mass and desecrate it and so forth. So I think yeah. that's a, we got to do a podcast on that one because there's, yeah. There's a ton of there's there's a we could go on for another hour just talking about the Eucharist and Satanists right. and blah 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 blah. Yep, no, I, it's it's not something to kind of mess around with. Although you know we do naturally find these kinds of things, well, curious or even fascinating. But uh, that story of your of the guy that you uh, talked to, wow, that's that's I didn't know I didn't know spirits smoke cigarettes. That's kind of a new new thing for me. That the whole thing was weird. But the look on his face, um, yeah. there was there. He wasn't, he wasn't trying to pull one over on me. He right, genuinely right. looked frightened when I when I was telling when he yeah. was telling me the story. You know, one of the things, Jim, and, and I realize uh, we might want to be wrapping this up, you yeah. know, soon. But one of the things I think that's really important about this whole conversation that we're having today is, is it does highlight not just for Catholics, but I think for many religions and many cultures, as you were saying, that ultimately, I think the reason why we want to sort of believe that ghosts are real is not just because we like a good story and want to, you know, like to have the hair on the back of our neck stand up, but it's because we want to have, we have a deep belief that, first of all, there is life after death, you know, that death isn't a definitive end, but that life somehow um, continues after we die. And there's also this deep Catholic belief now in the communion of saints, you know, that the church on earth, the church in purgatory, the church in heaven, we're all united, you know. And so I think that's the kind of the more positive um, uh, aspect of what we're talking about today, you know. Yeah, no, I agree with you uh, 100%. I wish you wouldn't save these uh, nuggets for the end because I'm not ex- entirely sure that anybody gets to this point in the <laughs> podcast. Well, they like five minutes in, they're like, no, oh, but then if they know there's a big nugget at the end, then they're more liable to listen and be patient because they I know don't, something good. I is don't going. know how we get that across <laughs> to them. That would be great. I, um, all right, so yeah, this might be a. I think that I think there's a good time to wrap this up. You think so? Okay. Yeah, I think so. I don't have much else to say. I think I've kind of uh, exhausted any wisdom. I, I know. Well, I could babble on very easily, but <laughs> in terms of anything wise or helpful, I don't think I have anything more to, right. to add. So, uh, all right. Well, um, you do you have anything? I've been making a pitch at the end of these podcasts uh, for the past few. Do you have anything that you want to... I do. I do, yes. I'm really excited to alert our podcast listeners to um, a wonderful product uh, called Monastery Candy. And this candy is made by cloistered contemplative nuns of Our Lady of the Mississippi Abbey in Dubuque, Iowa. And I know about them for a couple reasons. One is because I've made several annual eight-day retreats at a nearby uh, community of men, um, 
Trappists, and uh, they're in Iowa as well, and they're they're at the uh, monastery called New Mellory. They make, by the way, Trappist caskets, which are really cool. But I don't, I didn't think, even though it's Halloween, I didn't think, you know, putting a plug in for caskets was going to be as as interesting as candy. But um, but I also know about this candy because I've I've tasted it many times. I've either gotten it as gifts or I've bought it myself.